We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Pittsburgh's kind of a weird team, huh, Brian? Yeah. A little bit weird. I mean, I mean, we're going to show a lot of stats here offensively and defensively where I'm just kind of like, I watched film on them the last couple of days. I watched like four games, I think, on the All-22, and I'm just like, dang, man, like I'm not really sure what I just watched fully. Right. Like, you know, like there's some things I liked, some things I hated, and then you look at the numbers, I'm just like, I'm not sure exactly if that's what I saw in film, but like right. it's there, you know? So very peculiar team, I think, that there's opened up this no conversation. Doubt. Yeah, and a, and a really struggling team. I mean, Pat Narduzzi's done a heck of a job with Pitt the last couple of years. I mean, two years ago, obviously Pitt was the ACC champs with Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, beat Wake Sam Hartman and Wake Forest in the ACC title game. You know, and 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 a bit of an ironic twist that they lost the final game of that season against Michigan State. You know, but that season they they you know they they beat Tennessee that year. They beat you know blew out Georgia Tech, blew out Virginia Tech, beat Clemson by ten that year, blew out Duke. Uh, you know, blew out Syracuse, went on, you know, smash Wake Forest in the in the ACC title game, and, and finished eleven and three. And Kenny Pickett becomes first round pick, and they lost a lot of players, a lot of players off that team. Yeah. And they come out last year, and all of a sudden, some new guys emerge. The Cancy kid became a big time D tackle. They had some other guys emerge. The running back kind of comes out and and has a big time year. And you're just oh, like, I, lo- I love Dizzy Abacondo. Yeah, and you're like, where the player. heck did this kid yeah. come from? He was like a 600-yard rusher. He was splitting carries with Vincent Davis and Rodney Hammond. And then he comes out last year, and he's one of the better running backs in college football last season. And then he rushes for 1,400 yards and only plays 11 games, Yeah, you know, and, and, and has a big time year. He breaks out, and, you know, and, and you just really liked what Pitt did. You know, things started off poorly for them. You know, they they, they barely beat West Virginia. If you remember that game, uh, JT Daniels threw a pick late in the game to help Pitt seal it. They lost to Virginia, actually, or Tennessee, actually competed against Tennessee. I mean, it was a much com- more competitive game than people thought. Uh, three weeks later, they lose at home to Georgia Tech, who was not good. They get blown out by Louisville. They get blown out by North Carolina. And they're sitting there at four and four. And, and you're just like, uh, this could get ugly. They got Miami coming up. They got Duke coming up, who's a good football team. They got to play at Virginia. You know, Syracuse, they got to play Syracuse. This is a good, who's at the time was a good football team. 
this could get ugly, and they rattle five five straight wins. They beat Syracuse by 10. They blow out Virginia. They beat a very good Duke team by two, and then they went on the road to end the season and destroyed Miami at Miami and then beat UCLA in the bowl game by two. And great finish. Now, coming into this year, Ryan, they're struggling again out of the gate. So the question is, you've got to make sure when you look at Pitt, Ryan, that you don't allow them to kind of finish strong because the last two years, if you look at their schedule, the last two years, Pitt has not lost a game in November. Yeah. The last two years. Now they've come in in November with some 500 ish type of football teams, you know, six and two, four and four, that type of deal. But they've played eight football games the last two years in November and haven't lost any of them. So this is a football team that's going to be. And then the actually, if you go back the last three years, the only game they've lost in November the last three years was to Trevor Lawrence and that 2020 Clemson team. So this is a team that finishes strong now, but unlike those other teams, Ryan, this team has some much bigger holes that I don't know that they're going to be able to fix in November. So, and when you look at their schedule, we'll just, we'll just pull it up now, Ryan, you see what they've done so far this year. They beat Wofford to open the season 45, seven lost at home to Cincinnati by six. Cincinnati's not good. As you can see, uh, lost a really ugly game to West Virginia. Like neither team played well that game. Uh, got beat at home by North Carolina. That's a very good North Carolina team. I know that they had a bad loss this week. That's still a good North Carolina team. Uh, the going on the road and getting smacked a little bit by by Virginia Tech, Ryan, that was a bit of a concern. They did come out of their bye week uh, pretty good. And obviously you have yeah. a, a, an upset win over, over a Louisville team that clearly was overlooking them and was still kind of riding that high. Uh, from their upset victory over Notre Dame. Defense gets a, a late pick six. It's 24-21. Louisville's driving. Defense gets a a late pick six and puts that game away. And then, of course, last week they lost to Wake Forest, and Wake Forest played their third-string quarterback. So, and the the ending, did you finally go watch it, Ryan? Did you get a chance to watch the last minute I, of that I, game? I, I did watch the last minute. That was yes, crazy, yes. crazy. I, I forgot to text you about it because I was just like, what? Yeah. I, I felt dumbfounded after I watched that last minute. I was just like, what the heck did I just watch? Yes. I felt like I was watching the pick games all year. I'm just like, yes. wow, this is really yes. weird. I don't know what's happening right now. How do you yeah. lose that way? Yeah, You, yeah, you yeah. needed a, a quarterback that doesn't know how to properly slide. Yeah. And his defense, young kid, you have a, a, sh- a punter that shanks a ball. I mean, they're just like everything that could have gone wrong in that. You let them convert a fourth down. It just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for Pitt. You lose that game 21-17. I will say this about Pitt, Ryan. They're not a very good football team right now. They don't have a lot of talent. They have some at spots, but they're, they're this is their least talented team last few years. But the one thing you know you're going to get with this team is they're going to be physical. They're going to play hard. And they're not going to lay down and die. And that's the thing that you you know apart Pat Narduzzi team they're not going to quit they're not no. if you're gonna if you're gonna beat them you're gonna have to earn that win you're gonna have to earn that well, blowout that's that's one thing that I will say despite all the other issues we'll talk about yep that you will see we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I, I have a good friend that was actually in the recruiting department at Pittsburgh um, a couple years ago. And I will say this, Brian, is I know we like to poke fun at Narduzzi because he says some things sometimes where you're just like, dude, stop talking in the media. But his players and his staff members, they love Pat Narduzzi. They love him. They'll play hard for him, man. And they always do, which is why I think they have an identity, right? And they have a lack of talent in certain spots there's no doubt like the quarterback position is a mess this year we'll talk about during this podcast the offensive line is a mess this year defensively there's some holes especially at safety and at linebacker this year in my opinion compared to where they were last year especially but they still all play their tails off whatever whatever reason well not for whatever reason it's obviously because one i think pat narduzzi is liked by his players no doubt they play hard and he has instilled a atmosphere and a philosophy around the pit program of we're going to scratch and crawl into the last the possible seconds of the game. That's the culture, that's right? The culture. Yeah. And that's yeah, what's like, filled off. Like and that's what you can depend you, on over there. You may beat me in this fight, but I promise yep. you, you're going to walk away limping. I promise exactly. you. You may get me in the end, but you're, you know, it's going to be a fight for your life. That's how pit yep. plays. That's who they yep. are. And, and you can expect that from Notre Dame when they play, especially expect that when they play Notre Dame this weekend, right? They're going to come in here. Hey guys, we got a chance to save our season and they're going to be confident. Cause like, guys, we beat Louisville. Louisville beat Notre Dame. Now that transitive property doesn't mean anything. When we're talking about evaluating teams, but to individual players, a football team, human beings, they're going to look at that and say, if we beat them and they beat them, why can't we beat them? That's going to be their mindset. And so for Notre Dame, you're going to have to make sure that you remove that from their minds as quickly as possible. Uh, but Pitt's going to come in here ready to play, Brian, physically. Now, will they be able to execute and make plays? That's a whole different question. But this team is going to come and punch you in the mouth on play one, and you got to be ready for it. And you have to keep punching because, you, like, it's not just a they're going to punch you, you got to punch back, and then they'll stop punching. Like, they're going to keep right. punching. They are until the final whistle. And, and you have to – obviously, if you are able to counteract their physicality with physicality of your own, 
then that's when the talent takes over, right? Where you're like, yeah. okay, our guys are just more talented than your guys in the end. And that's going right. to be kind of the difference in the football game. But yeah, man, I think that you can always depend on that about Pitt. They are always a very predictable team in the sense of identity. There's no doubt what they want to be. Even when they had Kenny Pickett, a quarterback, that one year where they were able to throw the ball better, they were still built around the same culture, right? The same right. culture of we're going to punch you in the mouth. Defensively, we're not going to kill ourselves. We're going to play good fundamentally sound. And that that is the Pittsburgh culture. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. And I think that they also I, – I think they get off on that a little bit, right? It's like they're from Pittsburgh, Steel City. They're under-recruited kids for the most part, like – that's what they're built off of, and I respect that. I respect yes. that wholeheartedly about Duke, about Pitt. Yes. Excuse me, because we're not saying this in a disrespectful manner, like oh, they're oh. a bunch of bums, and they. But at least they play. No, it's like it's going to be a dog fight. You got to be ready for that dog fight, Ryan. When you look at this team, you talked about them being a strange team, and they are. They're a very strange team, and and you look at some of their numbers. I don't know that this late in the season I've ever seen a team that that kind of looks like this and, and let's begin with the offense because that's not strange that's just kind of bad everywhere they're, they're not a very good offense now they have been a, a pretty good big play offense there's the the strange thing about them is they rank 88 not strange it's intriguing they rank 88th in the country in scoring offense they rank 14th in red zone offense so what that means is when they get into the red zone they're gonna score the problem is <laughs> They don't get into the red zone offense very often. They right. are, as as that stat shows, Ryan, they are 14th in the country in red zone offense overall. They're 17th in the country in touchdown, red zone touchdown offense. So when they do get into the red zone, they get touchdowns. But uh, as I said, they um, they don't get into the red zone very often, Ryan. They, they At this point in time, Pitt ranks 128th in red zone trips. Uh, high, tied for 128th with uh, Connecticut, Nevada, and Charlotte. So three, three, 320 yeah. yards per game offensively is atrocious, folks. Yeah. Like I know you're looking at the 115 next to it and be like, yeah, there's only 133 FBS teams. So like that's bad, obviously, but like 320 is bad. It's like that's yeah. really, really bad. So yeah, they don't. They don't sustain much. When they do, no. though, when they get down into the, the red area, they're a decent football team. Yeah, they, ha they have a plan way. down there. I mean, they, they yeah. really do. They have a plan. I mean, when you look at their total offense, you see the number there. It's even worse against Power 5 teams or against FBS teams. They're 121st in the country. And when you and So when I give this stat, just so people understand, there's a one of the, the stat – one of the places I go to for stats is cfbstats.com and you can look at the national rankings and then you can kind of, you know, you can sort of look at games certain ways. You can look at versus ranked opponents versus non-ranked opponents versus FCS versus winning teams with winning percentages versus power five, all that. I like to look at games against FBS opponents. And so that's one way to look at it. And when you look at Pitt, their total offense uh, in, and this is any game where the opponent is an FBS team. So like for Notre Dame, they take out the Tennessee State stats, and this is where they rank with Tennessee State removed. And so when you look at Pitt, it's with that Wofford game removed. So against Power 5 teams, Pitt ranks 121st. Now, the stats you all are looking at, those are just the, the raw stats. Or I mean, just with all – no context, just this is where everybody ranks. But just for some, some, some context in other situations, that's why I'm giving some of these first Power 5 opponents because I think it – for Pitt, Ryan, it provides context – because it shows that they had that that one game where they did some really good things, but that's just not who they are. That they're they're not 
they're not a team that goes out there and gets 419 yards a game on offense, uh, which they did against Wofford. Now, they they did hit some big plays against Wake, and they did have over 300 passing yards against Wake. But, it, you know, you had to throw the ball 45 times to get there. They were only 6.7 yards per attempt. So they're, they're just – they're not a very good offense. They're not. They allow a lot of sacks. They allow a lot of tackles for loss. They 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 can't stop the run, but at least they also – I mean, they can't run the football, but at least they also can't really throw the football. I mean, you know, it, it just – but the one thing they do is two things. are They don't turn it over a lot, and they can hit some big plays in the pass game. Those are things that if you're Notre Dame, you've got to be concerned about because it leads to what you said earlier, right? If you don't do what you need to do running the football, Pitt will get going. And they they will move the ball and shorten. They want to shorten this game. They want to do to Notre Dame what Notre Dame did to Ohio State last year. Limit possessions. Shorten the game. And then if we can create some mistakes by that Notre Dame offense, all of a sudden we're sitting here. It's a 17 to 10 game in the fourth quarter. We got a shot. That's what Pitt wants to do. They want, to, they want to make it that kind of game to where they can just be within striking distance at that one big play. Because I will say this, I felt about their receivers. It's not like a great receiving core, but they've got some kids that can, you know, if you're not locked in, they got some kids that can make some plays down the field. And, and I, I like, I like Kanate K- Mumfield, who's the transfer from Akron a couple years ago, I think is a pretty good football player. I know they have the other kid, was it Bub Means, who was Bub another Means, transfer yeah. as well. Yeah. And their tight I mean, end's a big play guy, Ryan. If I like need. Gavin Bartholomew yeah. a lot, man. I yeah. think he's a pretty good player. Yeah. He's averaging 18 yards a catch. I mean, that's pretty yeah. good for a tight end. So, good. you know, they, they have some decent pass game weapons. They just they haven't been able to protect the quarterback, and they haven't been able to get the ball to those guys. And uh, leading rusher, I want to say this, on the season is Sebo Flemister, which I'm very happy to, for that kid. I, I, I like Sebo okay. as a young man. I'm happy that he's found a place where he can go play football. And he's coming off of a 100-yard game. Played very well against Wake Forest. Very well against Wake Forest. So very happy for Sebo. But uh, just overall, Ryan, their offense is not good there. We've seen this offense before recently. Uh, yeah. Their offensive coordinator is Frank Signetti Jr., who was the BC offensive coordinator when they played against BC in, in 2020 uh, during the COVID year when they play, yep. went to Boston College. So they have seen this offense before. It's uh, schematically they know what to expect. It's just it's just not a good offense, Ryan, and it it really hasn't been all season. I mean, it yep. just it hasn't been. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. No efficiency to this offense at all. They have a low yard per carry average offensively. They do not complete a high percentage of passes at all. I guess the positive is it is they're not completing a ton of passes. At least they don't throw it to the other team much. I think they've only thrown five yeah. interceptions between the two quarterbacks with mm-hmm. Phil Dracovic included in that. So they don't kill themselves a lot, I guess, but like they also don't right. 
sustain drives very much either. So like, it's very, it's weird, man. It's just a weird, weird football team. Cause usually Pitt is a very good offensive team or it's a very good offensive line. Excuse me. That can run the football. Usually you can kind of hang your hats on that, especially last year is obviously a great, great indicator of that. But offensively, this offensive line is probably the worst pit offensive line I've seen in probably five years. It's very bad. And the running game has not been able to be sustained at all. It's not been able to be sustained. The one thing I'll say about Pitt's offensive line that that just gives me a little bit of pause about this game, it's big. They're 330 across the center to left side of the line. They have some big kids uh, on their on their offensive line. And when you look at Notre Dame, you just it it, it just not that it concerns me, right? It just gives you a little bit of pause, like, okay. Yep. Like you can't just come off and actually they have sorry, they have four starters that are three thirty. Ryan Bear, Jason Collier, Blake uh, Zabovic, and Branson Taylor. I actually coached against uh, Jason Collier when he was in high school. He's okay. a West Stepford guy here in Jersey. He was a tight end at that point, wow. so he's gotten a whole lot bigger. Since he's added some beef. Stuff. He's well, added they, some they beef. Ran, yeah. They ran like the wing T, I think, okay. if I remember correctly. So he was just a blocking tight end in the wing T. But yeah, he was yeah, your yeah. your your outside outside tackle, basically. Yes. <laughs> basically, <laughs> exactly. they th- I think they threw it to him. I think he had like ten catches his senior year, but it was yeah. like for ten catches for like. 250 yards, like right. 25 yard sure. power, or something sure. like that. So, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. An interesting, too, Ryan, about the turnover thing. They have five turnovers in the season. They came in two games. They threw three against uh, West Virginia and two against North Carolina. So, in five of their seven games, they have not thrown an interception. They, like you said, they don't turn a ball over. And as on the season, they only have eight turnovers. Six of them came in two games against West Virginia and North Carolina. And their other five games, they've only turned it over twice. Yep. So they they don't turn it over. You, the problem is it just they, they, that's why to your point earlier, Ryan, going back to the previous conversation, you've got to be locked in and focused and do your game and not let them get those cheap yards. Those oh shoot, right. you blew a coverage and let them get a first down on third nine. You can't allow this offense to do that because uh, that you you can't you got to make them work for their yards because the end of the day, Ryan, they're just not good enough to 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 beat you if you play your right. game. They're just not. Well, well, you can, and you can't let up explosive plays in this game. Like you can't let up like like Gavin Bartholomew will get in, like an easy seam down the middle where you just don't cover him, or Kamonte mm-hmm. Mumfield maybe beats one of the corners off of you know an easy release and he creates a big play or something after the catch. Like this is not an efficient team, so keep them in front of you and keep them being inefficient, right? Like don't right. allow them to create big plays because I think that's the only way that this team. Like if they're able to get the running game going a little bit and they're able to hit a couple explosive plays, that's how this team stays in this football game. I just mm-hmm. offensively, I just just don't see it, man. If you play your game, I just don't see this team hurting you that much. Agree. Other side of the ball, Ryan, they are good on that side of the ball. They're not great, yeah. but they're good on yeah. that side of the ball. Uh, it's it's they've got some weird stats though. This is what you and I were talking about before. Like you look at them and and they rank twenty six in yards allowed per game, twenty fifth in yards per play. Because like the yards allowed could be skewed by, you know, teams get a lot of short fields because your offense turns the ball over a lot. That doesn't happen here. They rank twenty six in yards per play, and twenty fifth in yard. I mean, twenty six in yards per game and twenty fifth in yards per play. That's why we like to use the per play numbers because that gives a more, you know, a, a, a better look at kind of your efficiency level and and your overall offense and can kind of negate some of the. The, the total raw numbers that could be skewed like Notre Dame had against USC because they had so many short fields. And and then you look at their rushing numbers and they they rank 48th in total yards allowed rushing, but they're 21st in yards allowed per attempt. 
They are 15th and fewest, ta- they're 15th in tackles for loss. They pass game, they only give up 27, they're only 27th in, in the country in passing yards allowed. They rank 12th in sacks, and Pitts always ranks really up there in sacks. I mean, they, they're usually top 10 most years in sacks. Char- Charlie Partridge does a really good job with that defensive line yeah. traditionally. So, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, so, so, they're 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 there i mean 41st and in, in third down defense they're not a very but then you look at their yards per attempt and yards per play in the past game or yards per completion in the past game and they're 97th in yards per attempt and 79th in yards per completion and you're like it's like there's a disconnect i have i'm having a hard time coming to grips with their rankings like how can te- you rank te- that teams teams are efficient throwing the football against them but they don't throw the ball much and they're not efficient running the football against them but they run the football a lot against Pitt for whatever reason like that's right. what i take from this it doesn't right. make any sense yes and then and then you look at it ryan and um you're like okay well well maybe they just don't have a lot of plays but then they're 42nd in in total plays on defense and you're like okay i get it right they make there's just so many weird statistics but then you say okay like the pass game statistics like you'd mentioned so here's basically why those numbers are where they are. When you look at their pass defense, they rank where they rank. That's because they're fifth in the country and fewest pass attempts allowed against them. So teams are just kind of grinding out first downs against them. That's that's what I mean. They're they're not giving up a ton of big plays. I don't, I, you know, I breaking down their film. There's a couple games I haven't really gotten into yet, Ryan. But they don't really give up a lot of big plays from what I can see. Um, you know, they've given up seven on the year of 30 plays or more. it's like one a game. So I I just, you know, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find, you know, reasons why their numbers are where they are. And I just, it's, it's kind of hard to come to grips with it. You know, they're 34th in the country and fewest plays allowed of, of 20 yards or more. That's decent. So I, I, this, I've never seen a a stats like this, Ryan, where I've had a tougher time coming to grips with what you see. And then you watch the film and you're like, yeah, they're good. But they're yeah, not yeah. a vintage pit defense. Like there's not that. No. You know, they don't have headliners to, on this. Team. Yeah, they, don't have they always seem to have like some D tackle that you're worried about, some D end yeah. you got to be concerned about, some some tough veteran linebacker that's going to make a lot of plays, and and uh, it, it's an interesting unit. Now there's some names on there that that Notre Dame fans are going to be familiar with, not just <laughs> Shane Simon, who obviously played at Notre Dame. He's a starting middle linebacker, but Notre Dame also recruited some guys on that team. They recruited. David Green to a little bit. He's one of those. He's he's a, a Central Catholic kid. They recruited Donovan McMillan, who starts at safety for them. Notre Dame recruited him. So there's a couple kids. Ryland Gandy's a kid that Notre Dame looked at a little bit. Ryan, if you remember him from, I think, Buford. I think he played at Buford in Georgia. He's in there too deep at at, uh, at cornerback. So there's some kids that, uh, that Notre Dame fans are going to be somewhat familiar with. Samuel Okunlola is, I think, tied for the team lead in sacks. That is the older yeah. brother of Samson Okunlola. Who yep. uh, who Notre Dame uh, recruited obviously last year, so some familiar names for Notre Dame, but uh, yep. you know Pitt Ryan is this is not a vintage Pitt defense as far as the results, but it is a vintage Pitt defense in how they play. They have not changed a lick on defense. Yep. I mean, they are who they are. That's the reality I, of it. I think the two positions that best exemplify that is defensive line wise. They do not have a Kalijah Kansi. They do not have a Patrick Jones. They do not have that type of guy on this team. But they just have a bunch of solid to good football players. Mm-hmm. You know, like you mentioned, David Green. He's a very solid football player inside a defensive tackle. Dayon Hayes is a talented kid. Devin Danielson coming off the bench as a defensive tackle is just a – I mean, if you want to see what pit football exemplifies, watch that kid just smash his helmet against his, his head on the sideline. Like those, those are the types of kids that you're going to see on – 
Saturday. I mean, the the, the Jules kid, the DeAndre Jules, the other defensive tackles, a solid football player. Like they're just all good, yeah. solid football players on the defensive line. There's no guy that's going to be an All American. There's no guy that's going to be a first round draft pick. Just a bunch of solid, you know. Yeah. And then cornerback NJ Dev- Devonshire, who I believe was a Kentucky transfer originally. He's a good player, man. I like him. I like MJ yeah. Devonshire. And then Marquise Williams is a little bit of an undersized, scrappy corner on the other side. But, like, he'll compete his tail off. Like, you can get some stuff on him, but, like, he will compete. And there's no question he'll come up in the run game. Like, he's not going to shy away. So, I think the cornerback position and the defensive line position specifically, like, what does Pitt football stand for? It's it's those two spots this year for me. Those, those, that's what they exemplify. Their stats are down on a per-game basis, Ryan. They're still in the top. As you can see, they're still in the top 15 in sacks per game. They're down about 0.6 per game from last year, but they're up in tackles for loss per game compared to last year. So even without, you know, without Cancy, who, where, where, where was he picked? What was he? Got, he, was day he, got two guy, top, right? he got picked top 20, uh, number 19 overall, I think, by the Tampa Bay he Buccaneers. Was, he was first round pick last year. Okay. So first yeah, round first pick. Round I thought he was a day two guy. First round pick. Yep. So you lose him, and he was very disruptive last year. And yep. you're still you're still averaging more tackles for loss per game than you did a season ago, right? Because that's who they are. They are they are about being disruptive. They are a team that is about being disruptive, and they don't have like one guy that's got a mess of tackles for loss. Like last year, they had two. Cancy had fourteen, and sir, uh, the the Dennis kid, I can I never can say his first name yeah. right. He's he a good player, 12. though, man. Yeah, good player. He had yep. twelve, but then the next was like six point five, and just a bunch of normals, right? We talked about how you know sacks wise, they were a top ten sack team last year. And they didn't have anybody with more than seven. Both of those kids had seven. You look at them this year, Ryan, in tackles for loss, and the highest they have is is Solomon DeShields at six point five. There's they're a top also, fifteen. Also team. a New Jersey guy, by the way, yeah. Solomon DeShields. Yeah, yep. but like Deion Hayes has five, Shane Simon has five, DeAndre Jules has five, and then Okalola, Bam Brema, Bengali Kamara, AJ Woods, David Green all have three. So it's it's a team effort. It's it, the scheme does a lot to get guys free. They attack, they slant, they bring guys off. I mean, you look at, I I mentioned their tackle for loss numbers, right? AJ Woods, what is he? He's a safety or corner, excuse me, a corner. I I think Uh, he actually plays a lot of nickel for that. So he's like, let's not the slot. Yeah. Yeah. You got one. Let's actually go to sex because that'll give you a better idea. So AJ Woods is tied for fourth on their team in sacks with two. You have, um, you know, you have about six or seven different DBs that have tackles for loss. Javon McIntyre has one and a half. Marquise Williams has one and a half. Uh, So, you know, this is a team that they're going to bring some corner fires. They're going to, they're going to attack with their linebackers, but they really like to turn their D line loose. That's the thing. And they throw waves at you. So they don't have like, Ryan, I don't believe, and I know you, you have an interview on on the board with the Dayon Hayes that you did. Who hasn't had the breakout. A lot of people think, but when you look at, at their, at their numbers, they've got seven, eight guys producing. So, yeah. yeah, they don't have that Kalijah Cansey kid. They don't have that Aaron Donald kid. They don't have that kind of disruptor. They throw waves at an offensive line. It's a committee a approach of, this year. Exactly. Committee. Exactly. Yep. 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 And that's worked for them this year in, in that regard. So they're a tough – so, like, if, if this – if Notre Dame runs on Pitt, Ryan, that's going to make me feel very good about them being able to make the adjustments they need to make because this is a still a stout Pitt rush defense. The yards yep. – the yards are a little misleading because they've had some bad losses where teams have been able to kind of rack up some yards in the second half against Pitt. But overall, they're, they're, they're not an easy team to run on. They're really not. Because, like, 
here's an example, right? Virginia Tech ran for 199 yards on them. They averaged 3.4 yards per carry. Wake Forest ran for 172 yards on them. They ran for 4.2 a carry. I mean, even Cincinnati 216. Exactly. 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 And North Carolina only ran for 77 and 1.97 per carry. Louisville only went Louisville, who ran for almost 200 yards against their name, only went for 80 at 2.4 per carry. So you're not gashing them. You're just you're just kind of because you and and part of it's because you know their offense can't score. So you just, you know, look, limit the big play and just pound on pound it on them and don't give that don't give their defense chances to go make plays. Because that's uh that's something that Pitt thrives on too is they they thrive on forcing turnovers. And this year, this year they haven't been very good at that. No. So you and you got to make sure that that can do. Last year they ranked 22nd in the country in, in turnovers forced. So the year before they ranked 19th. So again, Pitt the year before 13th. So that that's who they want to be. They want to be a team that forces a lot of turnovers. And they haven't they haven't done that, and that's been a big problem for Pitt up uh, for for Pitt this season. And if you actually look at Pitt over the years, the best teams they have are teams that are very good at forcing turnovers, and yep. you've got to make sure that doesn't happen. So that's a that's an overview of Pitt, Ryan. People get a glimpse of Pitt. We're going to dive more into that. I'll have more in the breakdown tomorrow. Ryan and I have more of it on uh, Thursday. You have an article. You'll have two articles coming out tomorrow that kind of dive into some of the matchups between the two yep. teams at IrishBreakdown.com that, that are very intriguing that Notre Dame has to win uh, in, in this game. So you guys will want to check that out. Ryan's going to have some recruiting updates coming out today, uh, but tomorrow we'll have that stuff coming out. So a uh, lot more that we're going to dive into with this matchup online and then also on our shows. And then Thursday, Ryan, you and I will dive into the, the keys to victory and just the things that we think Notre Dame needs to do to specifically win this football game and, and uh, and we'll go from there. So that's where Notre Dame is at with when it comes to Pitt. That's where Pitt is. It's right here's the thing. You're coming out of that bye week feeling refreshed, and Pitt's going to try to take that feeling away from you as quickly as possible, which is physical football. That's the, that's the only thing I guarantee this weekend, folks, is it's going to be a physical football game. I, I think that's perfectly put. And Notre Dame, I mean, we can lay it out for you guys, and I think clearly you see on paper Notre Dame is, is the better team. They're the more talented team. They should win this football game, but we know that you have to go out and do it, right? You have to go out and do it. So we'll dive more into Pitt, obviously, throughout the duration of the week. We're going to get into our mailbag next. Make sure that you're putting mailbag questions into the chat, MB, before the question. Before we get into the questions here, though, if you could please just hit that like button for us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on any and all podcast platforms or on YouTube that you're listening to right now. Make sure you hit that notification bell on the bottom of the YouTube channel as well. Boris.irishbreakdown.com at the bottom of the screen for all your latest team and recruiting intel, as well as some things that you will need to know heading into Saturday's matchup against the University of Pittsburgh. Hit that like button, folks. We'll be here all week.